I'm excited because uh, for the next three weeks, we're going to have some guest speakers with us. Pastor Matt is out on vacation, getting some much-needed rest. Uh, so today, we have Pastor Ronald Luna. You can come on up, Pastor Ronald. Uh, he he's, uh, currently serves at Ebenezer Church in Spencerville, Maryland. Uh, he's going to be preaching for us today. I'll let him give some more information about himself and his family and his kids. But can you all welcome him as he comes up this morning? One, two. Thank you, Bobby. I'm very happy to be here. A little bit nervous. I usually uh, preach in Spanish, so uh, this is not my regular um, uh, thing that I do on Sundays. I usually uh, <laughs> preach on Sundays in Spanish, which will be later on today. Uh, but don't worry, I do speak English. <laughs> um, I am actually a professor. I teach at multiple universities around the area. And as I get along, uh, I'll try to incorporate some of the personal things in my family. Uh, but this morning, uh, as we begin to dive in into this new series in terms of uh, verses that have been impactful in our lives and all the three uh, pastors that will be coming through uh, the next three weeks, we'll be talking a little bit more. But also, I just came back from a mission trip in Ecuador, and a lot of people that know me have been like, are you going to preach about or are you going to talk about the, the trip in Ecuador? It's like, almost like two different things. I'll try to uh, intertwine them a little bit as, as best as I can. Uh, but it has been a very interesting experience in terms of just seeing what God is doing in the jungle. Uh, and as we come back and kind of like go back to the routine of life with my kids and my wife, uh, it just gets me uh, wondering, how is God moving, right? And we know that God is moving all around us. But even in the deepest of the jungle where there is no electricity, there is no internet, and there was this image that I tried to put uh, in the slides there, but it doesn't do justice that you can see the stars, but not just the stars. You can actually see the galaxies. And that just took my breath away in terms of how God is moving in the middle of the jungle as well as he's moving here in Silver Spring. But we always forget. So today's message, I want to um, just think a little bit. And I've been uh, praying about this message uh, for the last month or so. And one of the words that kept coming back as I was reading Matthew 6.33, and you're very familiar with that verse, is just seek. And for me and for you, what does it mean to seek something? And I know as we are growing and as we are maturing and as we're trying to stabilize ourselves in Silver Spring, post-pandemic, pre-pandemic, or maybe coming back in pandemic, right? We're all trying to figure out what does that seeking means. And I know for me personally, uh, when I try to think about what does I seek in life, you know, I, I don't do it by myself. I have a family and I have a wife and I try to do them with them the seeking. But I know that most of us are seeking other things, whether it's the cryptocurrency, right, which a lot of, see, I see uh, Sack smiling, right? It, it took a, uh, it went up this week, right? But as those that have been following crypto have been down 46%, right? And that's not a good thing to seek, right? 46% downturn is not a good thing. But some of us are seeking a house in this crazy market. Some of us are thinking about where should I put my kids in school, some of them are, are seeking job, employment opportunities, or career choices. But when I look at the Bible and we look at verse 633, which is we're just going to be there today, this word, the first word it says, but seek first. And I think for all of us this morning, we have to define what that is for us. What are we searching for? What am I focusing on? What am I putting my energy in? And I ponder more this verse. There were four areas that we're going to be looking at today. The first area is going to be, how am I seeking individually? How am I seeking with my family? 
How am I seeking with my friends? And then lastly, how am I seeking with the church? And I don't have the answers for you. I can only speak about the things that have worked for me and how those things have made me closer to God. But we all are in a different journey. We all are seeking different things. But hopefully this morning we can all agree that the best thing that we can do this morning is seek his kingdom and his righteousness. Amen? If we're not seeking anything else, that's the thing that we should be focusing on. That should be your energy. That should be what you'll be driving for. But we know we're not doing that wholeheartedly or entirely. But the question is why? So one of the things that I've been doing for about six years is that God spoke to me many years ago uh, in terms of, like, missions. So if you get to know me, I'm always going to turn to missions. That's the thing that I do. That's what I'm passionate about. I have friends here today this morning. I gotten to go with them on mission trips, gotten to go with them for the first time on mission trips around the world. And something happened in me many years ago where I began to ask a question or God began to confront me. And, you know, I used to take a lot of trips. I love to travel. I've been a lot of places. I'm a geographer by nature. I teach about geography. I love about cultures. I love about teaching about different aspects of culture and cities and things like that. And I remember uh, standing in front of my class, uh, uh, lecturing on Bangladesh and poverty in India and Africa about certain inequalities and things like that, and then realizing that I haven't even traveled to those places. But then I was doing that for seeking in terms of personal fulfillment or professional fulfillment. But then many years ago, God began to move a lot of things in my life that everyone around me had a heart for missions. I'm telling you, every single person that came into contact with me was involved in missions somehow. And then God began to plant this seed in my heart about, like, the importance of traveling and seeing what God was doing around the world. And I remember I made a decision to begin to travel. Uh, I'm from El Salvador, by the way. Um, and, you know, I travel a lot back home. Um, luckily, I was fortunate to travel because when I came to this country, I was undocumented. So for 13 years, I could not go back home. But when I finally was able to travel, I made it a habit to go back and remember where I came from. But I did that for personal uh, reasons. But I remember uh, when I took over the pastorship at Ebenezer Church, a Spanish-speaking church, we began to focus more on missions. And I said to the church, let's go to the missions. And I remember that I had this yearning and this desire to seek what God was doing around the world. So that experience took me not just to El Salvador, to Cuba, to Romania, to Bangladesh, uh, to Ecuador. And each time you travel, guess what? God is showing me different aspects of his ministry, how God is working. doesn't mean that he's not working here in Silver Spring. But there's something about being in that remote areas, depending on him. I mean, like, literally, I could be walking and a, you know, a jawwork can come and mold me to death, right? There's this weird sensation about you not having control of your circumstances around you and just relying on God. So individually, I began to move into missions, began to ask individuals to come with me. And that takes me to the second point today. How are you seeking God, not just as an individual, in my case, it's missions, and I don't know how are you personally seeking God, but I know 
that as a family, it gets a little bit hard, right? Some of us have one or two kids. Uh, Pastor Matt, Matt has six, right? How do you get all those individuals to work together on their common goal? It's even hard to get them up at 9 o'clock to get here at 9.30, right? And then have them stand still for about half an hour before they go out, right? It's difficult. Now imagine trying to have a unified, seeking will towards God. How do you do that? How do you achieve that? One of the ways that we have tried to do it as a family is the importance, not just on traveling together for personal reasons, but how do we get our kids excited to go on mission trips? So one of the things I've been telling my son is going to turn 10 in two weeks. I said, when you turn 12, I'm going to take you on your first mission trip. So he's excited about it, right? But guess where he wants to go? He doesn't want to go to Rwanda. He doesn't want to go to Sudan. He doesn't want to go to El Salvador. Guess where he wants to go? He wants to go to Japan. Oh, wow, right? God is calling him to Japan. No, Pokemon is calling him to go to Japan, right? That's what he's seeking, right? He loves Pokemon. You ask him, he knows every single Pokemon. He knows the height, the power, the ratio, whatever the thing that he knows. Ask him a Bible verse, uh, you know, he will, he will struggle, right? But, you know, like he wants to travel, because he sees us traveling. Now, how do we shape that focus from Pokemon, right, to seeking his kingdom and his righteousness? Now, it's a journey. It doesn't come overnight. It's something that you work at it little by little. And pray that God, eventually, that yearning or that search for Pokemon, right, allows him to seek God more clearly, his kingdom and his righteousness. But I can tell you from experience, it's not easy moving an entire family. I remember when I spoke to my wife, and she hates this story. So I apologize, babe. I know you're watching at home. I remember, uh, you know, once again, God speaking to me clearly about missions. And I turned to my wife driving. I remember so vividly. And I said, babe, God has put this thing in my heart that we should travel as a family and do a mission trip. And I remember clearly she turns to me. She says, that's good. God has put that in your heart, not in my heart. And I'm like, you know, like. That, that was a blow. Usually I would have been like, okay, let's you know, pull off to the side and let's have a discussion at this moment. But I did something that I should do a little bit more often. I actually pray. And I said, God, you have put this desire in my heart. I just pray that my wife, eventually you speak to her in the same way you have spoken to me so we can move together as a family to go on mission trips. And behold, 50 minutes did not pass where my wife apologized to me. That's, you know, that's a record right there. Um, and she turns into me, she says, I am sorry. If it's important to you, it is important to us. And that moment, five years ago, that shaped our direction completely differently because it was not just me seeking his kingdom, his righteousness. Now we are seeking his kingdom and his righteousness. And my kids, we took them to El Salvador to the mean streets of El Salvador, not just to for sightseeing and being with the grandparents, but to work with MS-13, 18 street gangs, be in the most dangerous parts of Latin America. And I remember my parents and everyone criticizing us. How is it possible you're going to take your three-year-old at that time and your five-year-old at that time to the capital homicide epicenter of all the gang activity in Central America? But we had peace of heart walking and serving among those people. And many of us, and I had this discussion last night at 10 o'clock at night, and one of my friends turned to me, he said, 
I would join, you know, your, your monthly Bible study if you did not force me to go on mission trips. And I said, why? He said, I'm fearful. And I said, fearful what? And we left it like that. I didn't want to push any further. But there's something about just relying on God when we take these steps. Now, the other thing that I want to focus on today is how do you do that with a group of individuals? How do you do that not with myself seeking his kingdom, his righteousness? How do I do that with my family? But how do I do that with the people around me, right? Your friends that might not be Christians or your friends that are Christians, but do not necessarily are seeking his kingdom, his righteousness all the time. How do you maneuver them to seek together? And that is very difficult to do. I can do it myself. I might be able to motivate my family to do it. But how do I get other people around me to seek his kingdom and his righteousness? There's no right or wrong answers here. God will speak to you clearly how you do that. For me, is to invite them to go on a mission trip. I just took a 19-year-old to Ecuador. Their parents trusted me with their precious firstborn. And I'm like, look, I don't want to do any guarantees that your son will come alive. <laughs> right? I can't. And I always tell parents, when you trust me with your kids, I cannot trust that they will come back. I can't do that. All I can trust or all I can promise is that they will be seeking his kingdom, his righteousness. Now, whether it be here on earth or in heaven, <laughs> they'll be seeking his kingdom. And I have two friends of mine. They have gone to me to Bangladesh. They've gone to Romania. And I remember just seeing their experiences, how impactful it is to hold the hand of an orphan. How impactful is it to speak to someone for the first time about God's love and grace? Now, it doesn't mean that you have to travel around the world to do that, correct? You can do that here. But most of us don't do that here, yet alone around the world. And I said, if you're doing it here, praise the Lord. But for me, there's something special about just relying on God when you travel across the world and see his glory and his kingdom and his righteousness working there. And once again, I'm not telling you that's what you have to do. That has worked for me. Now, the last aspect that I want to focus today a little bit more. We can do that as an individual. We can do that as a family. We might be able to bring them together in terms of a group of individuals that might have the same goals. But how do you work together as a church to seek his kingdom and his righteousness? It should be easy, correct? It should be obvious that we all should be seeking his kingdom and his righteousness. That's why you woke up early this morning to come to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. But I've been at this for a very long time. And I can tell you with certainty and guarantees that we all are not seeking him constantly, daily, weekly, yearly, his kingdom and his righteousness. We might do it. Maybe on Sunday morning. We might do it, in my case, twice today, right? And then when I leave here again at 4.30. But what happens on Monday morning? What happens in the middle of the week when I forgot about seeking his kingdom, his righteousness? What happens when it's rough that day, that week, work is not going as it's supposed to, you're stressed, 
And if you drive in the Washington, D.C. area, right, you know in the Beltway that you lose some of that grace and that love, right? comes naturally. What happens when there's difficulty in the marriage? What happens when your teenager son or your daughter are acting up? How do you get to seek his kingdom and his righteousness together? Now, we always remember that verse, seek his kingdoms, but we forget his righteousness. And those are two separate things, let me tell you. Kingdom and righteousness are two separate things, but we have to seek them what? Simultaneously, together. And I don't, like I said, I don't have a magic ingredient. I don't have the magic uh, 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 formula how to do that. I just know what has worked for me and my family most of the time. But we always are remember, right, that this is a daily struggle to find his kingdom and his righteousness. Now, as we do this and as we begin to understand what it means to us, and I remember having a Bible study in Romania, and I preached, so I had a devotion on this verse, and I asked the question to the individuals there. There were some from Iceland, some from the United States, some from uh, Romania, and I said, when did Matthew 6.33 make sense for you? Think about that. When did Matthew 6.33 make sense to you on a personal level? When did it hit you that you were seeking everything else but his kingdom? So as an immigrant seeking the American dream, I was told that this is the land of opportunities. And it became a land of opportunities for myself and my family. Through education, hard work, and perseverance, it allowed me to achieve things that I could never imagine being a kid in El Salvador. But guess what? As some of you have experienced, when you begin to seek wealth and career and promotion and status, there's something about that that provides a certain void. And I remember being the youngest uh, undergraduate director in Research One Institution, being one of the only Hispanics undergraduate directors at a Research One Institution, and I remember that I had a list of things I wanted to achieve before the age of 30. And I had achieved almost all of them. But there was still something missing. And I remember as a kid, my dad was a pastor. My grandfather was a pastor. My great-grandfather was a pastor, right? And I remember that going to church was always, you're a Christian on Sunday, but then when you go on the week, you're something else. It took me nearly 38 years to understand Matthew 6.33. It took me 30 years to understand that what I was doing on Monday through Friday, being a professor, actually came together of what I was doing on Saturday and Sunday going to church. It took me 38 years to understand that those two worlds could actually coexist with one another. And when I began to understand that, guess what happened? People after class became coming, talking to me about my trips, I didn't call them mission trips, right, because I can't use that word in academia, right? But I began to call trips, and then they began to open up about, oh, I have gone to mission trips. And I said, oh, come to my office, and we'll talk a little bit more, right? And I will say, look, I'm a, I'm a pastor. I do mission trips. And then all of a sudden, more people began to come and talk to me about their personal experiences. But for 38 years, or for however long I was at this institution, things were separated, because Matthew 6.33 did not make sense to me personally. 
But when you understand that what I do on Monday through Friday, I should also be seeking his kingdom and his righteousness. Whether I'm a school teacher, whether I'm a real estate agent, whether I'm an IT person, whether I'm a software engineer, whatever the thing that I'm doing Monday through Friday, I should also be seeking his kingdom, his righteousness. That is things that we're missing. Those are things that we don't teach our children, right? And one of the things that I struggle with with my children is, yes, education is extremely important. I have a PhD. My wife is a lawyer. Education is extremely important. But guess what I realized a couple years ago? Education is important, but it's not more important than seeking his kingdom, his righteousness. And to say that, right, that I'll be okay with my son maybe not going to college because he wants to seek his kingdom, his righteousness, oh, my gosh, that is radical, right? How can they not go to college and get an education? What if admissions don't work? And I have had conversations with parents where they dread the notion of their kids serving full-time to the kingdom of God, knowing really well that they are Christians and their children have been called to a ministry, but they are so afraid for them to commit to work full-time because they're not pursuing material things. And for many of us that have children, what is the message that you're sending home? What is the thing that you are conveying to your child that is the importance of seeking or searching or focusing on? And I can tell you that many of us are not either giving the testimony or preaching to them or showing them what it is to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. You will realize sooner or later, after they go away from your household, when they move away from your house, all the things that you should have done with them, all those special moments that you would have taken away from your busy schedule to maybe spend more time with them to seek his kingdom, his righteousness. It is not an easy thing. My kids will be here at 11, 15. Last time I came, one of my, my son older had a breakdown. I, was, I spent half of my time in the bathroom trying to calm his nerves down, right? I wanted to leave, but I couldn't. I was invited, right? And I'm like, man, this is a bad experience for all of us, right? But then you begin to realize it's okay. It's okay. But how do we seek his kingdom and his righteousness? And as you walk away from today, just remember that word, seek. Seek. And for about two weeks, that's the word that has been just driving in my head. I'm like, I get it, God. I got it, right? Can, can we move on to the next page of the chapter? I kept coming back to seek. Nothing else, nothing before, not after. Not verse 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. Just 33. Just seek. And not even 34. Just seek. And I know that if I need to reevaluate and I need to focus more about what I'm seeking, I know that some of us need to do that as well. Because it's a journey. It is something that you have to do constant. Now, you might get to the end. You might get to the final journey where you are working together, where you are 
your family is seeking, whether your friends are seeking, whether your church is seeking, his kingdom, his righteousness. But guess what? There's an entire world out there that doesn't even know about Jesus. And when I was in the jungle, right, that image of that cross, of that church, literally thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of miles away, there was an emerging church of five Christians that were trying to come together. And you begin to realize how many more villages are yearning for the word of God, someone to come and preach to them, someone to show them how to read the Bible, how to pray, how to do disciple. And guess what? The same things that the church at the well is experiencing, the same church is experiencing there. Division, people being apathetic to the, to the gospel, not necessarily getting happy to wake up and seek his righteousness and his kingdom. The world around us is yearning for us to share about his love and his righteousness. Thursday, I had people over the house. Friday, I had people over the house. Saturday, I had people over the house. And the message is clear. People are desperate. People are suffering. Yet, they don't know how to effectively seek his kingdom, his righteousness. And as you walk away, I know you have small, uh, I even wrote it down to make sure I didn't screw it up. Um, community engagement groups, right? You have groups that you can engage in. And this journey is not about doing it yourself. It's about finding individuals that can come and do it with you or help you how to do it together. And I know you have working at Title IX schools, you're doing Title I schools, you're doing community outreach, you're doing foster care, you're working with refugees and immigrants. And all these people, right, and all this community are trying to seek his kingdom, his righteousness. But you have to extend your arm to someone else and show them how to do that. Some people have forgotten how to do that. And I have discussions with people that have served in churches for 10, 15, 20 years. And guess what? They're tired of church. They are sick of church. And how do I speak to them about how do you seek kingdom, his righteousness? And all I can say is you cannot do it by yourself. You need a community around you. They can uplift you. They can be transparent with you. You can be accountable to In conclusion today, how, why, where, what are you seeking? What are you focusing on? What are you spending your energy on, your money on? I remember five years ago, maybe pre-midlife crisis, I wanted to buy a sports car, right? And I remember really well, you know, I had the car picked out, because I used to have a very fun car before I got married, right? You know what happens when you get married, right? A different story, different message, a different time. Now I drive a caravan, right? For That's me, right? And I remember we had to deal with my wife, and I said, babe, you know, this car is yours. The next car was supposed to be mine, and then I'm having a Dodge Caravan, okay? So I was still searching and waiting my opportunity to buy my car, and I remember I wanted a sports sedan, something fun to drive, and I was like honing in on a BMW, right? And like Mercedes, I was honing on a BMW. 
And then I remember doing the math. How much would it cost me to pay monthly payments? And I'm like, $530, $530 a month, right? For the next what? Five to six years. And then I was like, you know what? I can go on a mission trip three times or four times a year with that kind of money. My priorities began to shift in terms of what I wanted to do with my money. How I wanted to spend my time. How I want to spend my energy. How I spent time with my family in terms of doing certain things. Now, would it have been fun to drive the BMW? Yes, it would have been fun. Better than driving the Dutch Caravan, right? But that would have gotten closer to seeking his kingdom and his righteousness. Now, I thank God every morning and every day that I'm able to not have that monthly payment. Now I have more flexibility to travel and not be indebted to that car. But we all have to rearrange life sometimes to seek his kingdom, his righteousness. Bow your heads. Let us pray. And as you pray, let the Holy Spirit speak to you in terms of how you're seeking him this morning. How are you going to seek him this week? Churches are opening up. Ministries are coming up. Bobby was talking about serving and engaging and maybe connecting. How are you going to seek his righteousness in his kingdom? How are you going to become an example or maybe a magnet for other individuals to see through you what God is doing in your life, in your community? And as you wonder and you walk away, I can tell you a couple of things from my experience. It won't be easy. You will have challenges and barriers. Push through them. And you will see the true meaning of Matthew 6.33. When he says, but seek his kingdom first and his righteousness. And all the things that you wanted and were searching for and you needed will be provided for you. To me, this is one of the things that have marked my life in terms of understanding what it means to seek his kingdom, his righteousness, before anything else, before a career, before buying things, before deciding where to travel. And it has allowed us to get closer as a family, and in some cases with friends, because we have a specific purpose. Father, as we conclude this morning, I pray for every family, every individual here tonight, today. I pray, Father, that this word, seek, becomes meaningful to their lives, that there is purpose behind that message. I know that you will speak clearly. I know that you will show them how to seek your kingdom and your righteousness. Father, I pray that they're able to do it individually, that they're able to pray to do it as a family. They're able to do it with friends but more importantly, they're able to do it as a church or within a church family. And when they do that, when they're able to seek and find your kingdom and your righteousness, then they're able to emulate, replicate, multiply, show other individuals how to do the same thing. Father, let this word sit in our hearts, in our brain, in our mind, in our soul, that we're able just to go back to the scripture, Matthew 6.33, and evaluate our lives. Evaluate what it means to seek your kingdom and your righteousness. I know I have to do that constantly. 
doesn't mean I have found the answers. doesn't mean that I'm, I'm perfect. It just means that I constantly have to reevaluate and refocus myself. Father, I give this time to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.